Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of It's Too Wordy, the comic book podcast where four buddies discuss comic books from their short childhood and their childhoods. And today, I'm Kirk. I'm Ryan. I'm Landon. And I'm Nick. Landon's back. Back again. How you doing, Landon? Pretty good. Awesome. How you guys doing? Nick looks wore out. I am so tired. (laughs) (laughs) So... This week we're going to be discussing Lumberjanes number 71 and Incredible Hulk number 340. So let's get started with Lumberjanes. So when I suggested this book, I was going off of, because I used to buy the trades. Sure. And it was a cab or a camp out in the woods, a bunch of girls. They'd go out and wander around and they'd run across like Bigfoot or... Uh, chupacabra or you know just these creatures yeah or there's it, it reminded me a lot of a more adultish gravity falls okay if you've ever watched gravity falls great show disney plus i'll have to check it out it, it's, it's a cartoon very, right yeah it's very yeah i looked it up. it's amazing i looked it up so i'll have to watch that <laughs> but it reminded me of a lot of gravity i watched gravity falls after i read this so but i saw a comparison so i saw oh lumberjanes fantastic we haven't done anything like that Boom Studios, let's check it out, or Boombox, let's check it out. Yeah, um, this was not good. <laughs> yeah, I opened it, I made it about halfway, and I'm like, um, are they gonna just talk about how Mommy beat her? And... Well, I think that the lady was the, uh, I read it as she's like the camp counselor. Well, I thought she was the one of the girls' mom, I thought, but I could be wrong, it could be just a camp counselor. Well, hold on. Now that you say that, yeah, you're right. It was her actual mother because she finds her old house or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they start off with a flashback, which I'm like, oh, I don't even like the art style because I didn't realize that. And then they go into what I'm used to, and then they go back to the flashback part. Um, Early Lumberjanes is fantastic. I definitely recommend you check it out. Um. The trades weren't too expensive either. I think they were like sixteen ninety nine or whatever. Uh, but I would have a very hard time recommending this right now. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to like it. I just couldn't. Yeah. But you can't win them all, right? No. You know, and it was just something a little bit different. It kind of got us out of the superhero realm a little bit when I suggested it. Yeah. And uh, it was worth a shot. But like I said, I haven't read it since like the fourth trade or something like that either so um now so that was a while back okay um all right well let's move on to incredible hulk number 340 it was written by peter david and illustrated by todd mcfarlane and it was released looks like february i think is it 87? 87. 87. Um, what do we think? I'm going to... Can I start? Absolutely. I cannot stand Todd McFarlane's art style. I like that it was the Hulk versus the Wolverine. Because you can't ever go wrong with Wolverine and Hulk fighting each other. Because Hulk seems to make Wolverine go into one of his berserker rages. Even though in this book... He was trying not to. He's like, I got better things to do. I don't want to do this. And then the Hulk goads him. So what do you think? Nick? So I think I have a different memory of this book. <laughs> yeah? It's it's an awesome cover. Like, um, this was like a staple of my childhood. This book represents my friendships when I was in junior high and high school. So my best friend had this book. He gave up reading comics, and he gave me this book. So this one will always remind me of Damon. So okay, the so you have an emotional attachment. Yeah, um, this one has been well read, <laughs> my copy, and uh, I'm trying to remember why I thought the fight was so great. Like it's a fun <laughs> fight to read, but yeah. I remember it being a lot more of the issue. Were not you just a lot four of... pages. Yeah. Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. Were you reading a lot of uh, of the Incredible Hulk 
at the time. time. Yeah. And uh, were you reading X Men at the time? No. So you're reading Hulk. Mm-hmm. So you thought maybe it was just because you're reading it so much that you were more invested in the character at that time. It could be. Could be. Well, but, it's I mean, an early fight with. I mean, Hulk and Wolverine fought a number of times, but it's one of the earlier. This know. is like the second time. Yeah. Is that so, the second time? So Wolverine yeah. number eight's the third. So that's kind of yeah. like an impact moment, and maybe that's yeah. why it kind of registers a little so bit. So it's like the first time you get to see Wolverine actually cut somebody. You see Hulk's blood for the first time. You get to see. Yeah. You get to see Wolverine trying to be a human and not just being a complete he's feral lead, weirdo. He's leading the X Men. Yeah. So. What'd you think, Landon? It was good. Not my favorite thing in the world, but it was readable. What'd you think of that old art style? It was trash, right? Uh We trashed I, Rob Liefeld. We can we gotta trash McFarlane. I, I cut it some slack because it was the eighties, to be fair. <laughs> um Awesome. Yeah. Uh but you also had Jim Lee in the eighties. Yeah, I really don't. Rob Liefeld is a better artist than Todd McFarlane, and he can't draw feet. <laughs> he also does Spawn, Landon. He does. He draws Spawn. Oh, he created Spawn. Okay, okay. So, I was more gearing it towards them than I was you. <laughs> Got it. I'm not. I like McFarlane's covers. I, I like his toy line. I yeah, think his uh. Classic X Men covers were amazing. I think when it's oh, wait, that to was one... that's not Todd McFarlane. He did some uh, Marvel Tales. Yeah, yeah. But I think when he sticks with a cover, he it's just enough of an impact. He can knock it out of the he park. He can knock it out of the park. No, I have read other things that McFarlane's done, and I'm not necessarily saying it was bad. It's not my favorite art style either. Uh, it, it's kind of like uh, reading something that Jay Lee did. His art style is just so out there, it took me a little bit to adjust to it, yeah. and then I got super excited when I got a chance to meet him and have him sign my Savage Namor number 27, because he did the cover, and I'm like, I remember this, you know, it's kind of like how Nick feels about this book. Yeah. I remember reading this when I was younger, I, this made an impact for me. The cover is iconic. Oh yeah, the cover is one of the most iconic covers in the more modern age. So... When you look this up online and you want to buy it, you're get paying the, get you're, the graphic novel. You're paying you're paying ninety dollars for the cover. Mm-hmm. Just to let you know. All right, and it's weird. It's a Hulk book, but it's narrated by Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of odd. That was weird. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was an okay read. Again, I, I've this is my second time reading it. I liked it. I think when I read it the first time, I'm like, oh wow, this is so cool. No, I was not middle school when I read it the first time, but I, you know, I, I was a little bit older, but I thought it was cool. Now it's like, um, but I, I mean, I understand why there's that attachment to it and it's worth checking out. Yeah. Now, Captain X-Men over here. Yeah. What is up with these guys? They're all in the Blackbird, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. They're all in the Blackbird. Confined quarters. Mm-hmm. Nobody else around. Not a single, hey, Gene. Hey, Scott. Hey, Aura. Why is everybody going by their freaking uh, uh, code name? Because they're in battle mode. You only use your name in battle mode. Your your code name in battle mode. They're trying to land the plane. What's What are they battling? The snow? Yep. <laughs> well, technically, yes. I don't know why. Who invited you? All right. <laughs> Normally, normally, if it's Claremont writing it, he does use Gene Scott. Peter David wrote that one. It felt way, way off for me. Yeah, normally and for whatever reason, it really bothered me this time. Normally, when they're in closed quarters like that, or they're in the mansion, or they're in, you know, yeah. it's hey Hank, hey Gene, hey Logan, you know, right. it's normally familiar. For some reason, Peter David didn't put that in that that book. Well, like they didn't—they're not in the middle of they're, a battle. They're—they're—they're they're, they're they're a family, and you would think that family members, when they're not in battle, would right. You know, even in battle, Gene still calls Cyclops Scott. Right. But they're always telepathically talking to each other. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. I I don't have any excuse for Peter David doing that. I just was curious. And to be technical, it's not an X Men book. <laughs> Seems like it. Yeah, that it one. That X-Men. one. That one, that one was. <laughs> that one was. That one was. But um, what do we give it? I'm gonna give it a three. I'd say a three. The story doesn't hold up as well as I remember it holding up, but it's still fun. Landon? Four. Ooh, okay. I'm going to give it begrudgingly a three because it has the X-Men and it's a really iconic cover. I I just would get the trade. I wouldn't buy the single issue of it because all you're doing is buying the cover. So after reading this and having the trade in your hand, did you want to read more? After this one? Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. Did you? No. <laughs> no, I didn't give a... There's one, there's one, better Hulk stories than this. One rat's ass once that comic... I was like, great, it's done. Yeah. I'm, I'm done reading yeah. for the week. There's, See, this there's is the better. Hulk I do like. Yeah. Um, I like the Grey Hulk. I just... The intelli- more intelligent... Yeah, Hulk, I like the intelligent you know. Grey Hulk. Like, later on. Yeah. Like, it's after McFarlane takes off and... When he's Mr. Fix-It is yeah. awesome. When he's Joe Fix-It. So, all right. So now we're going to move on to the D-lister. Who we got this week? Ryan? Well, although we didn't discuss him at all in the book, because he made, like, what, two panel appearance? Half-Life. So, uh, first appearance was Incredible Hulk 334. It was created by Peter David and Todd McFarlane. Tony Masterson was an English teacher who was a victim of a gamma bomb invented by uh, a victim of the gamma bomb, which was invented by Bruce Banner. The bomb mutated him, giving him strange vampiric powers and bleaching his skin ghostly green. His mind was unhinged, and he believed he was dead, and called himself Half Life. He did fight the Hulk and found his touch drained the strength from the Hulk. When the fight. Uh, the fight ended when the Hulk ripped off Half-Life's limbs. So the leader provided him with a shell of armor, which had a camera in it. In the sac- second battle, Half-Life all but killed his opponent when the Hulk reminded him, or Bruce Banner being in control of the Hulk at the mi- point, reminded him that his powers were stolen and would wear off and he would grow weak and fragile. Half-Life revolted at the idea and overtaxed his powers and fell into a coma mummified. Bum, bum, bum. All right. I really wanted a little bit more of the villains in that. I think that's the other part that might have bothered me a little bit. There is no villain? Well, you saw Leader, you saw Half-Life, but it was like, a quick page. Quick page, yeah. And you know it's leading into other story. I, you just wish you could have gotten a little bit more from it. Here would, is what would have been a better story, right? I'm going to play Monday morning quarterback here. Incredible Hulk and, and Wolverine start fighting each other. The leader, leader attacks whoever. They decide to take out the leader. And you have an epic battle between Leader Hulk and Wolverine. And then they go back to fighting each other after they're done. Uh, Hulk is just one of those characters. I, he's not a team player. No, he's not. Player, like, so yeah. it re- I don't even like seeing him really associating. Now, MCU is a completely different thing. I do enjoy yeah. the movies with him being involved. But reading him in a comic, he's an independent character. I want to see him run into these other characters and... They do their thing, but I the team ups outside of the Batman one. Yeah, that that not that a thing for me. Could have guaranteed I would have read the next issue at least. <laughs> so that's just my two cents on that. You gotta get through it because that's what the story's about. Yeah. Same. Leader, leader. So like it's a long played out story with him the leader. So okay. Well, now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. 
The random reads. All right, reads. <laughs> I think we should have our guest host start out. Oh boy! Because he didn't really talk the last couple segments. All right, so I did Spidey number two and three. Very fun books. Uh, the art was good. Story was good. And probably my favorite thing about it is that it's not like a series. It's he fights the bad guy. He captures the bad guy. And that's it. Then you can move on to the next book and it's and it repeats. So there's a one. It's a one one yeah. shot every issue. It's a series one shot. Yeah. How many, do you remember how many issues that was? I think it was... I had five in my head. I was thinking four. Maybe six. I don't know. Um. So, number two, he was fighting the Sandman. Always a fun battle. Um. It was pretty good. Uh. It's twelve issues. Twelve issues. Alright. Um. But, fighting the Sandman, basically, uh. Um, also, Gwen Stacy was alive during the story of this. What? <laughs> she... I never read this, so I have no idea. It's not an alternate universe, Gwen Stacy? I'm pretty sure it's just Gwen Stacy. Okay. Um, like normal Gwen Stacy. So all we have left is Uncle Ben to come back. <laughs> um, so yeah, you have that. Uh, most of the bank robbery. It's a retelling of his origin. Oh. Because he's wrestling in here with Macho Man. Got it. Okay. But that's in that one. This R- one. Right, but yeah. this is the next issue, so. I, I, I'm kidding. Macho Man's not in that. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. This is the bank robbery. Fighting the Sandman. Uh, He eventually leads the Sandman to a construction site. Gets him into the concrete. And then... Mixes him in with the concrete, yeah. So, what I, what I thought, what well, a part of this book that was kind of funny, is I was reading it normally, and then I noticed like the page was like kind of like split in the middle. I'm like, well, maybe a page is missing. So I flip over. Well, it was one of those double pages where the speech bubbles are like through, are like on the binding of the book. So, you have like the big picture. It's like through the two pages. Sure. Well, there was an ad in the middle of it. Come on, Marvel. <laughs> weird. It was really weird. It was in the construction site battle. On, I can't find it. I know it's in here somewhere. I'm sure he saw it, and I wouldn't put it past Marvel. Oh it? no no no! There wasn't an ad in the middle of it. It oh, was okay. like a front and back page. Oh, okay. It it was kind of hard to read, but <laughs> I thought that was kind of weird. This? Yeah. Oh, okay, it's an ad for Pyro, Power Man and Iron Fist. It's a double page ad. Oh, okay. So it threw them off because most of the yeah, ones were just one was, single page and then yeah. you read the next and page. You read the next page. Okay. You haven't read enough old stuff yet, but. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was like, they put an ad right in the middle? What? Yeah. <laughs> it, it was weird. <laughs> that's, um, that's why I was picturing, hey, Gwen, and, and now, now you, you can, can buy, buy this. this. <laughs> <laughs> uh. The lizard one was also pretty cool. Um, sewer battle. Got of course. The lizard. Of, course of course. All of his lizards. Can't have a lizard battle up above ground, can you? No, ne- never. Killer Croc either, for whatever yeah. reason. I mean, come on. I've they seen like... alligators outside. I'm sure they can go outside. <laughs> Are they allergic to the sun? Or like, what's going on? <laughs> but basically your standard lizard battle, just fighting him and stuff. Um, because he's read so many lizard battles. <laughs> well, I'm a big Spider-Man fan, so yeah, I've read okay a, a, quite oh, a bit. Okay, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm a big um, Spider-Man fan too. At the end, uh, gets he doesn't actually catch the lizard, but he catches some of the lizard minions. He puts them in a net and then takes him to the uh Central Park Zoo. All right. So yeah. What would you rate them? Would you recommend it? I would recommend it. Uh, 
I'm going to be a little bold here and give both a five out of five. Hey, you don't. That's your books, man. <laughs> it's what you like to read. If you got, you make them a five. Hey, they're a five. I love Spidey. Yeah, yeah. So, I just wish there was, you know, one book. I could even live with two books. Two books, maybe. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Landon. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna go next. Okay. A few weeks ago, I picked up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers, number one of five. I really enjoyed this book. It starts off there. Uh, looks like the the uh, old Power Rangers are fighting a uh, apocalypse, apocalyptimus, aloptimus, whatever the I. <laughs> Apocalyptopus. I I'm picturing Apocalypse from the X Men universe mixed with a hippo. I'm M N Sevenur. <laughs> Also known as uh, and Apocalopolis. <laughs> so they're fighting this <coughs> dinosaur. They defeat the dinosaur. And then they skip ahead to the turtles. And they're fighting the Foot Clan. Because, you know, they don't have any other enemies but the Foot Clan. And Raph gets his butt kicked by a guy with no mask. And you're thinking, hmm. Tom, they said Tommy wasn't there in the previous issue. So you're like, hmm. So Raph's like, everybody gets one, right? One free shot, and then he proceeds to wipe the floor with Raph. And everybody's picking on him for getting his ass kicked by by some a Foot Clan. And um, the power. You skip ahead to the Power Rangers, and they're talking about how she's one of them's failing some class because she's always fighting Rita and they're like but the world comes first and she's like I know but I can't fail this and then you skip to um back to New York City and the Foot Clan and Karai is talking to the long haired guy and come to find out it is Tommy the Green Ranger he is now trying to the Green part. Ranger or the White Ranger? He's the Green Ranger in this. Because I think they're Dragon Zords. I think. I'm not sure. This is my first uh, Power Rangers you know, book. I, I watched the show, but this is my first one. <laughs> and so he says he wants to be part of the Foot Clan and help Shredder. The Foot Clan attack and... Turtles show up because you know they got uh, they got omnipotence and they just show up before the bad stuff happens. Tommy turns into the Green Ranger, and they're like, "Oh my God, it's a Power Ranger!" Right? And they start fighting. Raph's like, "I'm gonna kick your butt," you know, get revenge. And he does get revenge this time because you know you gotta have that fifty-fifty booking, right? Right. You can't have two baby faces and one go over both times and then you get a battle between the rangers and turtles and they're all complimenting each other and like you know that that's a cool sword you know thanks you know (laughs) it's like oh my god this is so good and um after the battle karai is talking to shredder and then they discover that he's a Power Ranger, that there's some reason he's infiltrated the foot. And now Shredder wants Karai to keep a close eye on Tommy. Hmm. This book had enough in it that I'm going to go try to pick, pick up 2, 3, 4, and 5. It was fun. I don't normally really do fun books like this, and I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Good. So, I'm going to give it a five, and I highly recommend that you guys pick it up. I had fun. So, and then I picked up Wolverine number one. Facing the Emperor? You know, I told Nick this last last week. I said, you know, I went in there, and I was just going to pick up the normal cover, the Qbert cover. And then I saw him jumping at the Sentinel. With the Sentinel faded mm-hmm. out. And I was like, oh my god, 
it's an awesome cover. I need to have it. And I picked it up. Nick said that they're sold out. Mm-hmm. So. That and uh, Batman, Batman 89. 89. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you pay eight bucks for this book. The good thing about paying eight bucks for this book is you got two stories. The first story is, uh, it starts off with Wolverine has killed his family and he's got, uh, it's a cool shot of him. His skeleton's hanging out on one side. You can see his organs and his face is all melted off, right? And he's looking around, he's like, I can't believe I killed my friends, right? Do you think he really killed his friends? Yes. I don't, I don't think he killed his friends. And then he forgot about it. But, no, as, as he's looking at his friends all dead on the on the ground, right, his, they show his body, his healing factor taking over. And by the time you get to the end of the page, it, he's got his skull is, like, almost completely reformed. and So... Um, the title of the book is If You Really Want to Tangle with Someone. Pretty much, if you read Powers of X, or House of X, number one, there's a scene where everybody's like, why is Logan, why is Wolverine playing with the kids, right? Why is he playing with the kids? He's Wolverine, he's a badass. Well, Wolverine has always had a soft spot for the kids. That's why he always takes them under his wing. Right? So he's playing hide-and-seek. And they can't find him because they're playing hide-and-seek with Wolverine. What? <laughs> what? Nothing? Couldn't they smell him? That's what they said. Yeah. I was getting to that point. <laughs> there we go. Predictable. <laughs> like, he's like, he smells really bad. Why can't we find him, right? <laughs> and Gene shows up and he goes, you want me to help you out? And they're like, yeah, Miss Jean, help us out. And so she telepathically tells Krakoa to shove him out of his hiding place. He's like, I had a good one, man. You, you ruined it. Right? So it's showing Wolverine has a a soft, kind side. He's happy. His family is all in one place. He's in charge of protecting his family. But he's happy. And Kitty. So next you got Kitty. And she's waiting for him at the dock. And Jean says there's a girl. In Hellfire Bay. And she appears to be tapping her foot. Because someone's supposed to be there. Right? She's doing this. Telepathic thing. Right? And. She goes, you better go find out what she wants, right? So she, Wolverine goes down to the dock, and Kitty's like, I got your hooch. I got your booze. If you want, I was five seconds from leaving with your stuff. Reference to Marauders, I got you. To Marauders, right? And um, Kitty's like, what's going on with you lately? You know, right? And he's like, what do you mean? You know? And, uh. She goes, you were playing hide-and-seek with a bunch of nose-pickers. Are you going soft? Right? And he goes, he's got his hand behind his head, and he's like, I was teaching them wilderness survival. <laughs> right? And so she drags him because she hasn't had too many, too, you know, and she goes, you owe me some gossip. So they go and they, they go and they start drinking, and she keeps pointing out that he's, you know, different. And he's like, you know, just swilling his. And she goes, I can get you the finest liquor on the planet. I can get you single malt, blah, 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 right? And you want this piss water. <laughs> and uh, she tells him that there is a drug called pollen, which the humans are getting addicted to. And because they think if they get addicted to the pollen from Krakoa, that they'll have, uh, they'll gain mutant DNA and they'll have mutant children. Okay. 
and there's a DEA office, a DEA a CIA person assigned to the case, and they go on the ex- explanation of what pollen is, and then um, Wolverine is now in X Force headquarters, part of the island because they're the CIA secret ops wing. And he's talking with uh, Hank and um, Sage, and he's trying. He's going to put a, put together a team, and he's going to go investigate what Kitty told him about pollen. And he picks um, Domino, Kid Omega. And Jean Grey to be on his team. And they can't get to Russia because the gates are blocked. The Krakoan gates are blocked in Russia. So they have to go by way of uh, Gateway. Gateway looks more uh, dark skinned in this one. Uh, The CIA agent who was in the earlier issue is at a hospital and the uh he has somebody from his from the CIA come with a, a paper file and she's like you know you could download this from our internet right he's like no i don't do that i'm old i trust paper right and then he walks in the room and or he's walking into the hospital room and you hear hi daddy and his daughter has cancer, and one of the drugs that is produced by Krakoa can save them. She's on the waiting list to get it, but someone keeps stealing the drug before it can get to the, the regular people. It's the Black King. <laughs> Then they go into the Order of X, which are humans who worship the X-Men. They have X's sliced in, cut into their their mouths, over their mouths. That the X is just a crooked cross, you know. So, goes into that explanation, and that's where Wolverine and his team are dropped into. And... He's like, uh, they notice that the mutants are there, right? And they're like, it's time to take communion. And they all take the the pollen and they turn batshit crazy and start going after them. Because they think if they get a piece of them and they eat a piece of them, they'll become mutants, right? And at first, Quentin choirs like, yeah, you can touch me. You got free reign, right? And he's like, enjoying it. And then they're like. They start ripping at him, and he's like, no, you don't have permission anymore. You don't have permission anymore. And so they fight these humans. And all of a sudden, there's a sniper who's starting to take out the humans. And Quentin Quire's got a big gun, right? And Wolverine's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, they deserved it. Making you think that... And Gene's like, he's not the one killing them. And... Stuff. Yeah, so the battle's over, and Wolverine shows up in Russia, and he's got a body bag, and he throws it down, and he goes, we're going to talk, and it's like a mobster-like guy. He wants to know who's running this pollen, and who's, you know, where they're getting it, and the guy goes all, you know, you can't scare me, you know, and Wolverine takes his two claws, outside claws, and pins him to the wall. And says you need to talk. Or I'm going to pop the third claw. And the guy starts squealing like a pig. <laughs> he goes I didn't come here to kill you. But I will. And then you cut ahead. And Wolverine's walking through the wilderness. After he, after that first scene. And these people come up on him. And they're like who the hell are you? I've been wondering the same thing. Pollen. He yeah. got dosed with pollen. 
So that was the first <laughs> issue, right? The next issue, you got and um, Magneto, formerly known as Apocalypse, formerly known as Apocalypse. <laughs> and guess who comes through the gates? Omega Red. Omega Red comes through the gate. So what does Wolverine immediately want to do? He wants to kill Omega Red. And Magneto, as Logan is jumping through the air, Magneto stops him in midair. And Wolverine's like, Magneto, it's my job to protect the island and blah, blah, blah. This, is, this, this guy doesn't deserve asylum. And Magneto's like, he's still a mutant, right? And Magneto throws him through the portal into Paris. So he doesn't try to kill Omega Red. And so he's investigating in Paris why Omega Red is scared and bleeding. And he opens a trunk and a bunch of vampires are in there. Dead bodies. And then a vampire jumps out at him. It's Jubilee. No. So, they're talking about, uh, what's her name? Dr. Reyes and Magneto are talking about Omega Red's injuries. And Wolverine shows back up and gets into a philosophical debate with Magneto about, we can't let that lunatic in here. And he's like, the same could be said about you and me. Right? It's just this philosophical... It's always a philosophical debate with that asshole. I love cocky Magneto. I don't like where he's... Well, my philosophy is just like yours. And it's not like yours. And you don't deserve... You know. It's that little bit where he just goes over the... Where he's always debating his philosophy. So... Wolverine goes down... To speak with Omega Red in his prison. And. Omega Red's like. You gotta go back to Paris. And finish what's in Paris. So he goes back. And he meets a lady. Who's a knight. And. I can't remember what the knight. What she, which knight she is. But he gets captured by. By. Vampires. And they want to. They take a spigot and stick it in his neck. And turn it so they can get a taste of his blood. I was like, okay, that's kind of hokey as shit, but we'll keep going. And long story short, because this was a very big issue, Dracula's back. And he sent Omega Red to infiltrate Krakoa and cause chaos. I have always said I like Batman when he's a detective, when he's investigating. I love it when Wolverine is a detective as well. When he's just not a feral, I'm going to hack you up. Like when he was, like I was telling Nick, when he's Patch. And he's in Madripoor investigating and stuff like that. I love those books more than him being a berserker idiot. So... I highly recommend this book. If you can find it. If you can find it, because it's sold out. Second prints are coming soon. Yeah, I I went to a shop that shall be named later, because it opens earlier, and I had stuff to do. If you could get that shop that you work at to open up at said time that the other shop works at, I would be more than like more than glad to go to that shop. Um, And they had three different covers they had a green cover they had the regular cover by Kubert, and then they had the one that i got which is the sentinels defocused and wolverines in the air with his pop claws pop going at it i highly recommend it i'm going to give it a four just because it was so much reading <laughs> it took me like literally almost an hour to read it not that that's a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. It's just 
I was tired and I wanted the book to be done. <laughs> it's a good story though. So once the second printing comes out, yeah, you guys go ahead and get it. I got a first printing. It'll be ten bucks in three weeks anyhow. They will. Yeah. So that's what I got this week. Nick didn't have any. I know. So. I was just double checking. You might have been able to read read one in that long period of <laughs> explanation here. I had two books, so. All right. <clears throat> so, the first one I have is the DC Classic Firebrand. By Brian Augustine and Sal Valletto. Um, this started off really strong. It's a cop who is trying to, uh, track down these missing kids and he thinks they're all connected, but there's no like common thread between any of the kids. They're not like all hair, same hair color. The ages are different and there's just not a common thread, but he's almost positive that they are connected in some way. And you come to find out that he also has a gigantic fear of fire because his sister got killed in a accident when he was younger and he couldn't save her. But his name is Firebrand. Just wait. Well, I have a fear of fire, so I understand where he's coming from. Irony. Yes, it is irony. <laughs> and that was Landon popping up for the first time in 20 minutes. Jeez. I forgot he was here. And so did I. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so he gets dropped off at his apartment and he's going in and he's listening to his answering machine. And the final message says, yeah, you're right. There is a connection between all these kids and it's me. Too bad you're not going to be able to live to find out. And then a bomb goes off once his answering machine gets done. Mission oh, wow. Impossible style. Oh, you have 30 seconds to. It didn't give him 30 seconds. Oh, it only gave him a second. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, somehow he managed to survive like. See, what is it? Three months later? Something like three months later or something like that. And a rich guy was very interested in uh, his work. And so he's been footing the bill to help him get better and possibly be able to walk again. Well, there is a method for him to be 100% able to walk again. And it's using this ecto suit they created. And they want him to become a superhero to help take down these person these people that are taking the kids and his buddy cop partner shows up and he's like hey i'm glad you're doing better um you know i i've got some information on who's doing this i'm going to take him down and the guy that's in the hospital is looking out the window he's like isn't that your car somebody's messing with your car so his partner goes boiling you know just flying down there gun drawn goes out there starts getting onto the getting onto him hey i'm a cop stay away from me or my car and what are you doing and he gets jumped well the guy in the hospital sees this he's like oh no i've got to do something so he manages to use his walker to get to the ecto suit get into the exo suit first time ever using it going down to the parking lot before these guys have killed his partner so he didn't make it in time Oh no, he he made it in plenty of time. I I, I, I don't under. It's like yeah, he, okay, a little He's bit. He's got a there. walker, and he has to use the walker to get the exosuit, get the exosuit on, and he miraculously makes it before the guy is shot. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I call BS. He takes out all the bad guys, and he's standing there, and his partner's like, um. He didn't realize his partner had gotten in the suit. And so he's like, Alex, is that you? Why is your head on fire? And that's how the issue ended. All right. What'd you think? I had never heard of this character. Never heard of the book. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, right? I was hoping for it to be a decent book. I wasn't crazy about it. Uh, there was some effort, at least, I mean, you were trying to create something new. 
Uh, this yeah. one came out in 96. Okay. To continue on things that shouldn't exist. <laughs> this one's a little bit more legitimate than Firebrand. You a heckler fan? I like him a little bit better. He didn't. He doesn't seem like a, a DC's Ghost Rider. Yeah, yeah. He's more Maybe like that's the DC's version of their own character. The creeper? Yes. Yeah, that, I'm reading this. I'm like, <laughs> isn't this the Creeper? No. Uh, so this is the Heckler uh, by Keith Giffen and Tom and Mary Burmum. Burmum? Um, there was not a lot of an introduction to this character at all. So I had no idea what was actually happening. The art was solid. Um, but there's not really any kind of introduction to him. And all of a sudden he just shows up as the heckler. And he's fighting this mob boss. And basically is just driving him nuts. It was like witty conversation Spider-Man has with all his villains kind of thing. Or like what the Creeper does by DC Comics as well. And I, uh, it, this was a tough read for me. I I think if they would have done a better introduction to why he does what he does, or give me a little bit of something to make me figure out why he he dresses up as the heckler, opposed to like fourteen pages of him working at a restaurant that he co-owns and making food for people. I might have been able to invest a little bit more. And Keith Giffen, I like a lot of his stuff. But he is a very wordy person. Would you dare say it's too wordy? I wouldn't go quite that far. But it's pretty close. And where it confuses me a little bit is he said a lot in this issue but none of it was really relevant to anything. <laughs> so I'm like, eh, okay. Um, but I got it cheap. Gave it a shot. Nice. All right. I did this one just because of Nick, because I asked if he wanted this book, and he's like, I don't know, is it any good? I'm like, I don't know, I haven't read it. This is fantastic. John Sable, Freelance. Um, by First Comics. And uh, we went to that comic show a couple of weeks ago, and the, I, I picked up all three of these books. And this one um, really kind of drove home for me. Um, he is apparently a children's author in a disguise, and then he becomes like a secret agent um, <laughs> when he's not writing children's books. <laughs> Which is funny enough. And they never really say somebody comes and gets them and they never really say who it is, but, uh, let's, oh, so when he gets, takes the job, he's like, Hey, this stuff's on file on me. I need this to disappear. And the guy's like, yeah, done. He's like, and I'll let you know what the other, one other thing I want at the end of this mission, but I'm going to do the mission. Okay. And as he gets out of the car, he says, give my regards to Bonzo. And the guy in the car goes, Bonzo is dead. Um, Bonzo is dead, Mr. Sable. Get the reference at all? John Bonham from Led Zeppelin? Nope. That's who I know as Bonzo. Ronald Reagan was in a movie, Bedtime for Bonzo. Oh. <laughs> so that was okay. the I was completely off. Was. That's what they called John Bonham in, in Led Zeppelin. So, so it... It's the president at the time, because this came out in the 80s, um, asking him to do this mission. And he comes to find out that uh, he's going up against his uh, former member of his military team. And it ends in the classic battle between the two of them. And uh, he ends up getting his reward and saving the day. And when he really wants to intimidate people, he puts on a painted mask. Ooh. Yeah. Um, 
scary knives. It's very, you know, and the the guy's about to do, the bad guy's about to do a hit on President Reagan, and Reagan lets go of a bird, and John Sable hits him just in time, and he ends up shooting the bird instead of the president, just like Randy Johnson hit the bird Mm -hmm. pitching back in 93. That was so awesome. Um, The bird just went, (laughs) poof. I've always wanted to try this one out. I'm glad I did. I'm probably going to try to track down more issues of it. This is definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I'll check it out. It's all I get. Right. We're going to move on now to the list. This week's list was Top 10 Super Kids. I'll go first. My number 10 is Valeria Richards. Number 9, Hope Summers. Number 8, Miles Morales. Number 7, Supergirl. Number 6, Jonathan Kent. Number 5, Damian Wayne. Number 4, Franklin Richards. Number 3, X-23 slash Laura Kinney slash Wolverine, back to Laura Kinney, back to X-23 and Wolverine, because they can't decide on who they if they if what they want to call her. Number two, Cable. Number one, Quentin Quire. Nice. Nick? All right, so, um, number ten, the Powerpuff Girls. Number, yeah, boy! Number nine... Kick-Ass and Hit-Girl, number eight. Robin, that's a complete cheat. Um, seven, Saturn Girl. Six, Rick Jones. Five, Superboy. Four, Raven. Three, Franklin Richards. Two, Astro Boy. And one, Shazam. Which Superboy? Clark Kent. Okay. The original. I thought about the clone, because he never ages. Jonathan? Not... What is his name? Morel. That's... So- yeah. <clears throat> Alright. Mine is 10. Wiccan. 9. Saturn Girl. What? 8. Brainiac 5. What? 7. Supergirl. What? (laughs) 6. Dick Grayson when he was Robin Dick Grayson. 5. Captain Marvel Jr. 4. Wally West. Three, Barbara Gordon. Two, Tim Drake. One, Tim Hunter. Cool. Nice. All right. Well, three Legionnaires. Yeah. Three. Three of them. I mainly did that just because I knew you would not expect me to do that. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right. I've always liked Brainiac 5 since Rebels. But... Yeah. He was great in Rebels. So... I do have a little piece of news that I want to discuss. Is it the same piece of news I've got? I don't know. Is it about Dan DiDio getting out, leaving Pretty close. DC? <laughs> Go! <laughs> um, so this past week, Dan DiDio exited from DC after, what, 20 years of being co-publisher, I think it was? That's what I read in the article. Um... So, the way I found out about it was uh, Donnie Cates uh, on Twitter basically making it sound like he died. (laughs) He was like, I didn't ever get to work with him, and I'm sorry to hear about his departure. (laughs) And everybody's like, did he die? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the rumor is the reason he was removed was that he wanted to go in a different direction that was upsetting the creators. Mm -hmm. He wanted to do that, uh, was it 5G or whatever? Uh, And taking basically mainstay characters and replacing them with younger versions. Kind of like Marvel? Yeah. And um, Scott Snyder came out and said, hey, if you're doing that, that's fine. Whatever, do whatever you want to do. But my books are not going to be involved in that. And uh, so there was quite a bit of kind of shoving back and forth 
He was also the one that did the new 52 that went over like a lead balloon. Um, so you mean the new 52 with from 2011 Aquaman and yeah, when they relaunched that I really liked Aquaman and I really liked the JLA. Right. But for the most, but they took so much continuity and said, yeah, that doesn't exist in this universe. They went the Marvel way. So now they're gradually bringing a lot of that continuity back. They're trying to fix it. Um, what has got my attention is for whatever reason, because Dan DeDito is now gone. One of my friends left reading DC because of Dan DeDito. I so can understand that to an extent. Maybe to bring him back. I don't know. What were you going to say? But one, Jim Lee is now the one in control. Okay. And two, there is a rumor going around that AT&T Warner Brothers are maybe sh- shopping the idea of selling their publication rights to Marvel. What? Now, I think it would be fantastic if Marvel just said, hey, here's some money to help you figure out what to do. Because, I mean, DC saved Marvel's ass way back when. They did. Kind of returned the favor. But the people who the, were there at that time were no longer there. Right. But they were talking about how uh, that is a possibility. And, like, people all over the forums are, like, panicking. I think that would be cool if they just said, here's some money, figure your shit out. Or, here's what they really need to do. They need to listen to us fans on what we want. <laughs> no, we tell you what you want. And do exactly the opposite of what Marvel does. Exactly what WWE says. We tell you what you want. <laughs> but, I mean, we want continuity. We don't want a renumbering system constantly. We want Good quality stories. So you're, you're like every Marvel fan that grew up in the 80s and the 90s. <laughs> but I mean, I think one of the annoyances that all three of us feel is that there's no connection with the stuff being written nowadays. Nope. None. I mean, I... Are you connected to anything you're reading right now? Connected how? Like... Are you invested in any kind of Do you Is there something you look forward to every time it comes out? Not really. There I it ha- is. I have one. So, yeah. that's it. It's not like it used to be where it's like, oh, this comes out this week. Oh, this comes out this week. Oh, this comes out this week. Now it's, oh, well. Reduce the amount of books that are coming out. Last week alone, 172 books came out. And that was a low week. Reduce the number of books you're putting out. Put out yep. quality books. Reduce the number of books. Now, it's easy to run a company from this chair. Because because you're a fan. Yes. And you want it just to go back to the way it was. So I know there's a lot more to it than that. But I really feel that this is a fantastic opportunity for DC to reevaluate and come up with a new and better plan. And if you want to introduce some new characters, introduce some new characters. But you do not have them taking over the mantles of the characters no. that have existed for ages. They tried it with Superman. They tried it with Batman. They've tried it with any number of characters. Iron Man, Miss Green Marvel, Lantern? Nova. Green, how many Green Lanterns? Green Lantern. <sighs> Robins. Robins. Bat. Yeah. I... And yeah, characters like a Robin, characters like the Green Lanterns, I'm even okay with that. If you need to rotate through a little bit and bounce it around, just because that that is a police force. It shouldn't be focused on just one primarily primary Green Lantern. Right. Robins, they're going to grow, grow, grow up. Grow up. Okay, so you want to replace Robin, but have like that Dick or Tim still around, involved a little bit. That's fine. You want to do that, but I I find it very hard that you can you can't pass that mantle of Bruce Wayne. You can't pass that mantle no. of Clark Kent. Clark Kent. Nope. You, Diana Prince. I mean, those are the primary characters. Those are the people that people care about. Mm-hmm. Introduce some new sidekicks or whatever. 
don't take away those characters. Right. So I thought it was really just interesting that that was like the first thing is the end of the comic book world because DC might go down and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I'm not quite at that point. Although I, I feel I've kind of gotten way. I know Nick's felt recently with a lot of the new stuff. Mm -hmm. Please give me something good to read. Yeah. Hawkman is still the one thing I'm probably looking forward to depending on how the issue ends. Okay. I enjoy reading it once I get it, but am I super excited about it every month? Not per se. There's three books that I read now. Well, the Green Lantern one, I'm going to, so four. When I was a kid, I had about six or seven books that I would get every week or every month. Right. Now it's like, I was looking at what was coming out this week and I was like, Oh, one book this week. Yeah. I mean, I don't get a lot of superhero stuff anymore. It's, Pretty much Green Lantern stuff, and then I go try to find the cheap bins and find things like Firebrand and the Heckler, hoping something <laughs> sticks. Yeah. So I can read those, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to say get off my lawn kind of feel. Yeah. It, I wish things were the way they were when I was a kid, but I know that's not feasible. Well, but make them bet, make improve it for my kid. I think it was. <laughs> I think it was. One of the time, I think it was the time that you weren't here a couple weeks ago, and Nick, I told Nick that Marvel's lost their way. Mm-hmm. They've forgotten where they came from, what got them to this point. And he said they all have. Mm-hmm. And I think it's true, because Marvel, it's great that they're a a movie studio, but your basis is comic books. That's what you started on. It's like you don't care about the comic books anymore. You're kind of, and it's probably because the younger generation isn't really reading them anymore. Right. Comic books, median age is probably our age and a little younger. Yeah, the average age for comic book readers like 30 to 56 or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, I get it that it's. A small niche market, but that niche market is going to show up in the stores every week. Because mm-hmm. they've been doing it since they were a kid. So, I don't know. I just think they've all lost their way, and they need to find their way back. They need to go back to the stories. I mean, they are so focused on variants and artwork and... I mean, yeah, focus on the artwork. I mean, because if they didn't focus on the artwork, we wouldn't have had a McFarlane. We wouldn't have a Jim Lee. We wouldn't have a uh, Liefeld. We wouldn't have all these artists that... Hubert, Silvestri. Yeah. You know, John Byrne, all these guys. Yeah. There's a lot of fantastic artists out there. John Romita Jr. (laughs) I just wanted to... I was just kidding. I don't like his art either, so... I did read some of his the other day. What was it? It looks like he drank a bitter beer. Oh, it was not good. I can't, <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but I read something that he was involved in. I'm like, uh. Anyhow. All right. So the, what was your news story? That was it. That was it? Okay. But it was just adding on to it that how supposedly there's that rumor out there that Marvel might. They're trying to sell DC to Marvel. Sure. Landon, you got anything? So, summed up, basically, what both of you are saying is quality, not quantity. Yes. That's not what I said at all. No, I'm God damn. <laughs> Dad's being a dick. <laughs> is this how I'm it's like at home all the time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. that's one of the pieces, yes. Yes, I want less books more quality mm-hmm. nick you got anything no <laughs> no <laughs> all right well if you guys like what you hear um go ahead and uh, like us give us a subscribe on your favorite uh podcast network um a little bit of news here in the next few weeks we will be going live on twitch um We'll get more details out there once we get closer to it. Um, 
yeah, just tell a friend, guys. If you if you enjoy the show, just tell a friend. Say, hey, listen to these guys. You know, help us out. Give us a review. Um, so, and have fun. Read more comics. It's been Kirk. Ryan. Landon. And Nick. See you guys next week, guys. Bye.